Welcome to Music History Monday for January 8th, 2024. I'm Bob Greenberg, and the title of today's podcast is Pianist, Conductor, Composer, and a Cuckold for the Ages. If you haven't already, please consider joining me on my subscription site at patreon.com slash robertgreenbergmusic where I blog, vlog, podcast, pontificate, review, and bloviate four to six times a week. We mark the birth on January 8, 1830, 196 years ago today, of the German pianist, conductor, composer, and cuckold Hans Guido von Bülow. Born in the Saxon capital of Dresden, he died in a hotel in Cairo, Egypt, on February 12, 1894, at the age of 64. Poor Hans von Bülow. He was one of the top pianists and conductors of his time. His career was closely associated with some of the greatest composers of all time, including Richard Wagner, Johannes Brahms, and Pyotr Tchaikovsky. Famous for his devastating wit and ability to turn a phrase, it was Bublow who coined the alliterative trio of Bach, Beethoven, and Brahms. Sadly, for all of his many accomplishments and deserved renown, he remains best known today in no small measure because of scandal-mongering sensationalists like myself as one of the great cuckolds of all time, right up there with myself, cuckolded by my college girlfriend Maureen Mackler and an Israeli guy named Avi Luzon, Eddie Fisher, cuckolded by Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton, and Henry VIII, cuckolded, or so we are told, by Anne Boleyn and a wide assortment of various courtiers and hangers-on. Bummer all the way around, Hans. Just bummer. Listen, to make up for this gracelessly scandalous post, and to give Herr von Bülow some of the respect he is due, tomorrow's Dr. Bob Prescribes post will feature Alan Walker's superb biography of the man's life, a life that should not be defined solely by the betrayal of his wife, Cosima List von Bülow, and his erstwhile friend, Richard Wagner. Hans von Bülow, 1830-1894 He was born into the noble House of Bülow, an ancient German-slash-Danish family whose members have, over the centuries, been entitled Freiherr, meaning baron, Graf, meaning count, and even Furst, meaning prince. Growing up in Dresden, Bulow began formal piano lessons at the age of nine and quickly established himself as a major prodigy. In 1844, at the age of 14, he and his mother moved to Leipzig, where he enrolled at the Leipzig Conservatory, founded just a year before by Felix Mendelssohn. It was there that Hans studied with the highly regarded pedant 
Louis Plady. In 1845, at the age of 15, Boulot took his piano lessons with Friedrich Wieck. Wieck was the father of Clara Wieck Schumann, eventual father-in-law of Robert Schumann, and the piano teacher who ruined Robert Schumann's right hand. Hans von Bülow was as intellectually precocious as he was musically precocious. Unfortunately, uh, the physical package that contained these gifts was wanting. Writes Alan Walker, quote, As a child, von Bülow was a weakling. According to his mother, he succumbed to brain fever five times and was continually in the care of doctors. Uh, for our information, brain fever is defined as an acute nervous breakdown and or temporary insanity due to extreme emotional distress. Alan Walker continues, Bulo was ravaged by headaches, which struck him down whenever the problems of life overwhelmed him. He also became self-conscious about his personal appearance, his short stature, high forehead, and slightly bulging eyes caused him embarrassment. Eventually, he learned to protect himself from the imagined hostility of the world by his trenchant use of language, which became the scourge of his enemies and the despair of his friends." Unquote. In a story that has become as cliché as a movie character setting fire to a building and walking away in slow motion, Hans's parents, uh, that would be the novelist Carl Edward von Bülow and Franziska Elisabeth Stoll von Berneck, demanded that he forego a career in music and instead study law. In 1848, at the age of 18, Hans was packed off to the Leipzig University Law School. In 1849, he transferred to the University of Berlin. While on his way to Berlin, Bülow stopped in Weimar to visit the great Franz Liszt, who he had met when he was a child back in Dresden and with whom he corresponded on and off for years. Well, the visit changed Hans von Bülow's life. Liszt and Bülow began what became their lifelong mutual admiration society. Among other things, Bülow heard Franz Liszt conduct the premiere of Richard Wagner's Lohengrin there in Weimar. And for Bülow, well, that was that. His nascent career as a lawyer evaporated like a puddle in Death Valley. With Liszt's encouragement, Bülow visited and introduced himself to Richard Wagner, 1813 to 1883, who was living at the time in Zurich, Switzerland. Then, with Wagner's encouragement, Hans served as an apprentice conductor in a number of theaters there in Zurich getting his first taste of the seductive power of the baton. Finally, in June of 1851, von Bülow returned to Weimar, where he became Liszt's first great piano student. According to Liszt and Bülow's biographer, Alan Walker, quote, 
Liszt's admiration for the talents of his young pupil was unbounded, and he came to regard him as his true heir in piano playing." Unquote. As Liszt's heir, in 1857, Hans von Bülow received from his master two great gifts, the fruits of Liszt's artistry and that of his loins. On January 27, 1857, Bülow was tasked with giving the premier performance in Berlin of what is arguably Liszt's greatest solo piano work, his Piano Sonata in B minor. As for Liszt's loins, on August 18, 1857, Franz Liszt gave Hans von Bülow the hand of his second child, his daughter Cosima, in marriage. For both Hans and Cosima, it was to be a marriage from hell. Cosima Liszt von Bülow Wagner 1837 to 1930. It was in January of 1833 that Franz Liszt, just 21 years old at the time, met a Parisian socialite named Marie Dagou, 1805 to 1876. Marie, who was six years older than Liszt, had been married to Charles, Count of Dagou, for six years during which she and the Count had two daughters. Well, as it turned out, Marie's maternal instincts for her daughters counted for nothing compared to the hots she felt for Liszt, and the two ran off together to Switzerland in March of 1835. It was nothing less than the scandal of 1835. Oh my goodness, it looks like we have to add Charles Count of Dagou to our list of major cuckolds. Over the next four years, Franz and Marie together made three children, Blandine, Cosima, and Daniel. When Liszt and Marie Dagou separated in 1845, the three kids were put in the care of Liszt's mother. But in 1850, Liszt's next lady friend, the Princess Caroline Wittgenstein, convinced Liszt to turn the children over to her own governess. That governess, perhaps better called a warden, was a tyrannical septuagenarian named Madame Petersi, who made the children's lives a living hell. Cosima, who was born on Christmas Day of 1837, was not quite 13 at the time Madame Petersi came into her life. And consequently, she spent her adolescence in a loveless, joyless, hostile atmosphere, ever conscious of being the great Franz Liszt's bastard daughter. She survived by fashioning for herself a mask of icy respectability and by nurturing hatreds so vehement that she was to make Richard Wagner look like Mr. Rogers by comparison. Parenthetically, it was in the fall of 1853, while living under Madame Petersi's Parisian roof, that Cosima first met Richard Wagner, who accompanied Liszt on a visit to the three children he had sired with Marie Dagou. Cosima, 
not quite 16 years old at the time, was quite a sight. Tall, gangly, razor thin, with a huge wide mouth and an even bigger beaked nose. Her adorable siblings called her the Stork. At the time, she apparently made no impression whatsoever on Richard Wagner. In 1855, the 17-year-old Cosima, together with her brother and sister, were finally removed from Stalag Patersi and moved to Berlin, where they were placed in the care of Franziska Elisabeth von Bülow. Madame von Bülow was the mother of Liszt's star student, Hans von Bülow. It is generally believed that the children's move was engineered, again, by Liszt's mistress, Princess Carolyn Wittgenstein, in order to deny them contact with their mother, Marie Dagou. For the record, Princess Caroline could be quite a stinker. While the move to Berlin was wrenching for Cosima, it was there that she met her governess's son and her father's numero uno pupil, the 25-year-old Hans von Bülow. On August 18, 1857, the 19-year-old Cosima Liszt left her miserable adolescence behind and began her miserable young adulthood by marrying the now 27-year-old Hans von Bülow. Married life. They were quite a couple, Cosima and Hans. She was tall and goofy, and he was short and mousy. She was imperious and endlessly ambitious, and he was uncompromising and often viciously tactless. But marry and mate they did, and they had two daughters, Daniela and Blandine, born respectively in 1860, in 1863. In 1864, Hans von Bülow was appointed to the position that made him famous, Hofkapellmeister, court conductor in Munich, the capital city of Bavaria. It was in this capacity that Bülow conducted the premieres of Richard Wagner's Tristan und Isolde in 1865 and the Master Singers of Nuremberg in 1868. Both premieres were sponsored and underwritten by the young and Wagner-crazed King Ludwig II of Bavaria. Cosima and Richard As we have observed, Wagner's first encounter with Cosima was in the fall of 1853, when she was but a stork of 15. They renewed their acquaintance in late August of 1857. Cosima and Hans had just been married, and a proud Hans von Bülow came to visit the master in Zurich in order to show off his new wife. Now, for our information, Hans and Cosima proceeded to stay with Wagner in Zurich for three weeks. Some honeymoon. Given the way things turned out, Hans should have taken Cosima to Vegas. Wagner was 24 years Cosima's senior, and at the time of the visit, she was not particularly taken with him. She considered him to be self-centered and vulgar. 
first impressions, Cosima. Trust your first impressions. But this was before Cosima had become disenchanted with her marriage to little Hans. Though he was an outstanding pianist and conductor, von Bülow was no Richard Wagner or Franz Liszt, and Cosima desperately needed to play the role of indispensable muse to a great man. On January 8, 1869, after nearly 12 years of marriage to Hans von Bülow, Cosima confessed to her diary, quote, It was a great misunderstanding that united us in matrimony. I still feel the same for him as I did 12 years ago. Great sympathy for his destiny, delight in his gifts, both of mind and heart, a real esteem for his character, together with complete incompatibility of disposition. In the very first year of my marriage, I was in such despair that I wanted to die." Unquote. By the time Cosima wrote this, 1869, she'd been stopping Wagner for six years since 1863 and openly living with him for three years since 1866. The affair begins. It was late November of 1863. Wagner decided to visit Berlin, where the von Bulos, Hans and Cosima, were living and had offered him a standing invitation to come by. We'll put some shrimp on the barbie. While Hans was at work one day, Wagner and Cosima went out for a carriage ride. Years later, in his autobiography, which incidentally he dictated to Cosimo, Wagner described the moment that changed their lives. Quote, Our jesting died away in silence. We gazed speechless into each other's eyes. An intense longing to speak the truth overpowered us and led to a confession of the boundless unhappiness that weighed upon us. With tears and sobs, we sealed our confession to belong to each other alone." Unquote. Does Wagner's telling contain a tad bit of dramatic license? Do you think? But the license aside, there's one thing we can be sure of, that Richard Wagner and Cosima Liszt von Bülow did confess their love for each other in November of 1863. In May of 1864, now comfortably installed by his patron, King Ludwig II of Bavaria, in the Villa Pillay on Lake Starnberger, just southwest of Munich, Wagner wasted no time in inviting a few of his friends to join him. On June 30th, Cosima von Bülow arrived with a servant and her daughters. Hans was busy and unable to join the party until the following week on July 7th. As it turned out, Hans wasn't nearly as busy as were Wagner and his wife. Richard and Cosima, both illegitimate children themselves, wasted no time in conceiving an illegitimate bundle of joy of their very own. Nine months later, on April 12, 1865, Cosimo gave birth to a third daughter, 
who was named Isolde. Hans von Bülow spent the rest of his life pretending the child was his, but he knew as sure as the Lord made those little green apples that the child was Wagner's. It was thanks to the continued and over-the-top patronage of King Ludwig II of Bavaria that the existentially voracious Richard Wagner, who spent the first 51 years of his life wanting everything but getting very little, suddenly got it all. Most of all, he wanted Cosima close at hand and Hans von Bülow to conduct his operas. So King Ludwig saw to it that Bülow was appointed Hofkapellmeister of Munich. In October of 1864, Wagner moved into a palatial house in Munich, a house the king had bought for him. It was in this house that Wagner and Cosima continued to dally during the spring of 1865, while Hans tirelessly rehearsed Tristan und Isolde for its premiere at the court theater. The Deceit Deepens Have I mentioned that throughout all this time, Wagner was married as well? Okay then, now I've mentioned it. Wagner's wife was a German actress named Christine Wilhelmina Plainer, 1809 to 1866, who was called Mina by just about everybody. She and Wagner had been married back in November of 1836, when he was 23 and she was 27. In 1857, after 21 years of what had been since day one a stormy marriage, Mina had had enough. Enough of Wagner. Enough of Wagner's extramarital dalliances and enough of Wagner's music, which she couldn't stand. She upped and left him and moved to Dresden, the capital of Saxony, where she had grown up. On January 26, 1866, Mina Wagner died there in Dresden. Cosima, deciding that there was now nothing standing in the way of her relationship with Wagner, picked herself up and moved in with Wagner, who was now living in Geneva. But yes, she was still married to Hans von Bülow. So the charade continued. She claimed that she had been hired as Wagner's secretary and personal assistant, and that only she could transcribe Wagner's dictated memoirs, memoirs that had been ordered and paid for by King Ludwig himself. King Ludwig, who was not the brightest bulb in the box, did not see through this deceit. But neither apparently did Hans von Bülow, though pretty much everyone else in Europe did, including Cosima's father, Franz Liszt. Liszt was horrified by his daughter's behavior, which he considered, quote, an abomination, unquote. He correctly foresaw the scandal it would create and the damage to Bülow's career, reputation, and psyche it was to cause. On April 15, 1866, Wagner and Cosima took up co-residence in a villa called Tribschen, 
on Lake Lucerne, where they would live together until 1872. Within a few weeks, Cosimo had conceived Wagner's second child. Born on February 17, 1867, she was named Eva and christened as the daughter of Cosima and Hans von Bülow. Von Bülow could not possibly have believed the child was his. Two years later, on June 6, 1869, Wagner and Cosima's third child was born, a boy named Siegfried. Back in Munich, Hans von Bülow read about the birth in the newspaper as he was preparing to conduct a season-ending performance of Wagner's Tristan und Isolde. There's no doubt about it. By 1869, Hans von Bülow had earned a black belt in cuckold. It was with Siegfried's birth that the poor, abused Hans finally surrendered to the inevitable, acknowledging Cosima's infidelity and agreeing to grant her a divorce. Hans, who had been forced to quit his job in Munich because of the scandal, behaved with a degree of dignity that neither Cosima nor Richard Wagner deserved. The divorce was granted on July 18, 1870. Wagner and Cosima were married a month later on King Ludwig's 25th birthday, August 25, 1870. Wagner was 57 years old and Cosima was 32. When Franz Liszt read about the wedding in the newspaper, he ordered his bank to continue sending Cosima's allowance, but in the name of Baroness von Bülow. As for Hans von Bülow, he never spoke to Wagner again, and 11 years would pass before he next communicated with Cosimo. We move ahead to Wagner's death. In September of 1882, Wagner's household decamped to one of Venice's greatest palazzi, the late 15th century Palazzo Vedramin Kalergi on the Grand Canal. It was there that Wagner's coronary health began a steep decline. On the morning of February 13, 1883, he remarked to his valet, quote, I shall have to take care of myself today, unquote. That afternoon, a maid heard him moaning as he struggled through a heart spasm. Wagner ran his bell and asked for Cosima and a doctor. Cosima rushed in and helped Wagner to the sofa. He dropped his pocket watch as he lay down. Oh, my watch, he cried out. Those were his last words. Cosima held him on the sofa, thinking him asleep. But when the doctor arrived a few minutes later at 3 p.m., she was informed that Wagner was as dead as disco. Like a modern-day Isolde, Cosima clung to her husband's body for a full 24 hours, weeping and praying for her own death. During the days that followed, she wept continuously and could neither eat nor sleep. A house guest, the Russian painter and set designer Paul Joukowsky, 
wrote to Cosima's father, Franz Liszt, quote, I am not in a fit state to describe to you the days in Venice during which we were torn this way and that between our sorrow and the profound fear that we might lose your daughter as well." Unquote. When Hans von Bülow was notified of Wagner's death, he threw himself to the floor and gnawed and clawed at the carpet, so out of control was his grief. At least, we assume it was grief. When, a few days later, he heard that Cosima was endangering her own life as she mourned. He sent her a telegram that said simply, quote, Sur, il faut vivre. Sister, you must live, unquote. Cosima did live. She died 46 years later, on April 1st, 1930 having presided, empress-like, over Wagner's legacy. As for Hans von Bülow, he died on February 12, 1894, at the age of 64, of a cerebrovascular accident of the brainstem, a stroke, while presumably taking the cure in the warm, dry climate of Cairo, Egypt. Thank you. To sample and download one or all of my many courses on subjects musical produced by The Great Courses slash The Teaching Company, please visit my website at robertgreenbergmusic.com.